This episode is brought to you by Freshly, Raycon, Babbel, and Mint Mobile. More on that later. Let's get into the do. The Honeydew with Ryan Sickler. Welcome back to the Honeydew, y'all. We're over here doing it in the Night Pass Studios. I am Ryan Sickler, ryansickler.com, Ryan Sickler on all your social medias. Please make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. That community, I mean, I'm not sure when this episode is going to come out, but we're like, we started at 1,000 people. We're at 100,000 in a year. I, again, I don't know if that's good progress, but man, I fucking feel like it is. I don't know what everybody else is out there doing, but I'm keeping my goddamn head down. I'm minding my fucking business. I'm doing my own shit over here, and 100,000 of you are on along for the ride. Thank you so much. If you got to have more, hit up the Patreon. We're doing an episode a week. We're not giving you some 30-minute bullshit. We're doing about an hour plus every week, and it's the honeydew with y'all, just like this show. But I'm highlighting the lowlights with y'all. It's five bucks a month. I know that's a lot of money for some people right now. If you sign up for a year, you'll get a month free. And you can now get the Honeydew a day early, ad-free. That's on a Monday uh, at no extra cost for the rest of 2021. All right? That's what we're doing. Hit up that merch store. Night Pants Nation continues to grow. Uh, I can't wait to get out there and see you guys on that Night Pants Nation tour I'm going to do. And um, I just appreciate all your support. All right. All that said now, um, you guys know I record here at the Santa Monica Music Center. We're working with uh, Outreach Through the Arts, a uh, give-back program, working with at-risk youth kids. They're doing podcasts here with the Santa Monica Police Department. Obviously, there's a lot of shit going on uh, in the last year currently as well. It'll always continue, and they're opening the narrative together. So I think it's really awesome to help and give back. And when that gets out and done here, I'll be promoting that, but I just wanted to give you all – a heads up about it. All right. That is it. The honeydewpodcast.com. That's the website for the honeydew. And uh, if you're new here, welcome. If you're back, welcome back. You guys know what we do here. We highlight the lowlights. It's, it's, I'll be honest, it's a beautiful shit show, is really what it is. And uh, these are the stories behind the storytellers. Very excited to have this guest on here. A very old friend of mine. First time here on the Honeydew. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Sarah Tiana, y'all. All right. I made it. You made it. I'm so Aww. happy to see you. Thank it, you for having me. It's been a pleasure to catch up with you before. <laughs> I know. We probably should have been recording, but it's been <laughs> awesome to see you. The last time I saw you, you were an expecting mom. Oh. And you were huge, Sarah. <laughs> Like I know. your face, everything looked normal, and then you're just like this no, belly. Like my face did not. My nose was swollen. Did. My lips were swollen. Like really? I look at videos of myself, and I'm like, it looks like I ate myself. Like <laughs> I ate myself. I gained sixty five pounds. <laughs> you know, I lost twenty seven of them on the table when he was born. Like so, I lost basically half the weight when he came out. He was ten pounds on the nose. He was just a giant, giant baby. Like. It was so uncomfortable and hard. But then, like, I mean, I've lost, I, like, I weigh less now than I did before I was pregnant. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. like, oh, thanks. But it took, you know, like, when Corona they. looks good on you, girl. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, like, being able to work from home, you can go on walks and, like, you know, do Isn't all it kinds amazing? of things. Take care of yourself, yeah. live a little better. Yeah. yeah. Get some vitamin D sunshine, take him out. He just started walking, so we're always in the backyard and. And when they say, like, you you lose weight because you're chasing a baby around, it's so true because, like, I'll be trying to eat, but then he wants to eat what I'm eating. And, like, you just eat – everything goes slower in the food process because you're trying to get food in them and yourself. And I'm like, I don't even know if I did eat something, you know. And so (laughs) – Isn't it amazing, too, like, you just blink and you're like, it's 5.30? Oh, I I love when people are like, you're never going to sleep. And I'm like, I get probably 10 hours of sleep a night. But it's not enough. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like, I didn't get I'm that. still tired. Well, now, you know, like we go to, I mean, I will go to bed at like nine o'clock and it feels so good. And he'll sleep from seven to seven now. So it's so nice right now. But he's kind of transitioning into this one nap territory. So this has been a lot of fun. It's a lot going on with walking and napping. We have a um, thing, my daughter and I, we're curious about it. I don't know if it's a real thing that could be possibly hereditary or not, but she is a straight up night owl like I am. Oh, like, really? She loves the night like I, like she keeps the comics hours. I'm like, go to bed. 
I'm working on this bit, Dad. I'm like, go to bed. <laughs> what time does she wake up? She'll get up. Well, we have to go to school All right. now, finally, mm-hmm. thank God. But mm-hmm. even with Zoom, it was 8.30 it started, so she would get up at like 8.15. <laughs> You know, hair all over the place. Whatever, ain't nothing wrong with that. And I was like, you can do that. You can do whatever the fuck you want while school's out. But now we got to be at school Mm -hmm. by like eight thirty, so we're up at seven. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's she doesn't care. She wants us. She just don't want to miss anything. I'm telling you, it's. I wonder if it's a hereditary thing because I've always been that way. So I'm not a morning person. I'll get up and do it. Be pleasant about it, but I come alive. You know, that's the nighttime sure. is the best. Yeah. I mean, comedians are like uh, tigers at the zoo, like mm-hmm. all day. You go to a zoo, you ever see a tiger running around? <laughs> <laughs> they're just laying around, yeah. waiting to eat. And then at night, they're like, hey, y'all gone? <laughs> what's up, yeah. everybody? Yeah. So, like, that's, I mean, I, I definitely think it's hereditary for sure. Well, as we talk about life, the, I'm excited to talk about this because we're going to do near-death experiences, which mm-hmm. we have not done on here as an episode. So Ever? Um, no. I mean, people have certainly shared a story, but we haven't had multiple. Uh, and you and I have a similar thing. Mm-hmm. So um, before we do, plug everything you want and then – We'll jump right oh, into it. I mean, I'm just on Twitter and Instagram. That's like the best place to find me. I have a YouTube channel. Sometimes I add little roast videos here and there, um, but it's all Sarah Tiana, Sarah with an H, Tiana with a Tiana. Very easy <laughs> to find. My mom, I have to give a shout out to my mom. Her name is Sue Haynes. She's Sue your Haynes. biggest fan. What's <laughs> up, Sue? Uh, she, you, what are you sewing right now, oh, Sue? She. So when I would go on the road, my mom would make cat bandanas and dog bow ties. I remember, yeah, yeah. And, um, and so she sits at home and she still makes all you kinds of stuff. you realize that your mom was pre-COVID on cats before COVID ever, motherfucker? <laughs> what do you mean? She wore a little bandana. You could put it right up. <laughs> yes. Put it right up. She did make me a lot of masks early on, <laughs> she, which yeah. was very helpful. <laughs> my mom's a great seamstress. If you need a bow tie or a bandana for your cat or dog, it's at catbandana.com. <laughs> dot com oh, yeah. all spelled out dot com on instagram and then catbandana.com you can order on the website there's lots of fun ones we can actually make our own fabric now so we could take your honeydew logo we could make some honeydew Sue, bandanas i told my daughter we could get a puppy i would love a honeydew <laughs> bandana for the dog i will make i will make some of that fabric and but you know what i love about done. your mom she used to tell me all the time she would listen to the crab feast and i'm like how in the hell is your mom a crab feast fan and oh. then she loved your episode but you would tell me Oh, you guys talked about me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, I told the story about you and I. Yeah, on Catella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, still on Catella. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're still on it. Yeah. yeah, my mom would text me anytime you would bring me up on the podcast. And it always made me feel so good, A, that she was listening, and B, that you were saying nice things it's about all, me. Well, come on. It's always nice things <laughs> it's about so you. so funny. Yeah, so she's your biggest fan, and she sits in her sewing room, and like as she's making quilts for the baby now or whatever she's working on, like she's always listening to your show. So you're doing a really good job. If, oh, if, thank if you, Sue. your broad range of fans can go from people like me to, you know. Yeah, that's impressive. It is. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah. Um, real quick, has your mom met your son yet? Her grandson? Oh, yes. Okay, so yes. you're able to do that. Yes. Okay, good. She actually got to meet. So he was born February 25th, and she came out a week later. And uh, so, oh, yeah, she, or two weeks right later, before. right before the lockdown. Okay, so okay. she actually left on March 12th when no everything shit. was locking Whoa. down. Yeah. Right. So she got to meet him then. And then we all got vaccinated. So we had like a big vaccination party for Easter. So she came out to visit. And then just last week, I went home to visit my dad because he turned 70. Wow. So I took right. Paige with me. And then, like, here we are. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. So let's talk about <laughs> near death, Sarah okay. Tiana. Yeah. It's so funny because I, I, I was thinking about this story the other day because before I had a kid, before I had anything to lose, I always thought the best way to go would be in a plane crash mm. because, hear me <laughs> out, Okay, I, I'm about to tell a story about almost dying in one, but I know you pass out. You know, so I'll be passed out. You might not be high enough. You might just be on the takeoff. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Hopefully you're up in the air and then you just crash. Yeah, statistically, (laughs) rarely does it happen up there. It's takeoff and land, just so you know. Take off and landing. Your ass is going to be awake. I'm hoping that it would be where I would pass out, probably from fear anyway. 
Uh, I should be in first class. I'll probably be drinking. And then my family would get all this money from the airline. So I'm like, oh, everybody wins in that scenario. <laughs> Except you know for I mean? you and yeah. every, every screaming passenger but, on board. The sounds would be horrific. I, but it, before I had a baby, I was like, there's not a lot of cleanup here. You know what I mean? Like there's no orphan left behind. There's no husband left behind. You know what I mean? But now that I have one, I'm like, oh, man, I'm so glad. You go from nothing to lose yeah, to everything. Yeah, to, to everything. Lose. And, like, even just taking him on a plane home last week, you know, without his dad, I was, like, terrified, I you know. I the same thing. You know, you think of Kobe. You're like, I don't want to split the family. I just want us to always all travel together mm-hmm. forever. Um, so that was, like, you know, mentally challenging. But, yes, yeah, so I was going to tell you a story about being on a military tour. So I was – on an all-female military tour through the South Pacific, so we had we started. What year is this? This would have probably been two thousand and eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, two thousand nine, probably. Uh, so we started in Hawaii, like doing shows at Pearl Harbor. Then we went down to the Marshall Islands. Then we went to Japan, and then we came to Singapore. Damn. Uh, yeah, so we were doing uh, – oh, no, we went to Okinawa and then Singapore. And um, so we were on a flight, a military flight. We were in a C-130. And oh, no, 130s are the ones that are carrying the tanks and the Humvees. That's your and cargo shit, right? plane. Okay. So, but this was a passenger. Like normally in a C one thirty, you would be sitting on the sides of the plane, and there would be nothing in the middle You're except for cargo each like facing this. each other. Right, yeah. This one, there were about ten rows towards the front of the plane that were ten people long. So there's basically like hundred people on the plane, but like the rows aren't like a regular airplane where there's two, three, two, or whatever. There would be. Uh, you know, four, four, four or something. You, you know, got you know? peanuts on us. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no flight attendant. You know, <laughs> just so in case I got an allergy. I just want to make sure you don't actually. <laughs> yeah. So this like all the cargo was behind us. You know, but it's a shit like, like they're but like a still, they're like a building. Yes, it's a very like you are not going to hit your head on the ceiling. You know, you can stand up and move around. Do and, you like, remember what's in there with you the, other than cargo? Is there any equipment or is it just uh, all cargo? No, I mean everything's under a tarp and it's tied up. So And you're just sitting in front of that. Yes, we're sitting in yeah. front of that. Um, there's airmen to the right of me. There's lots of contractors on the plane going to Diego Garcia. Diego Garcia is an island that the U.S. Uh, military populates that we got in Vietnam. So it's more just like it's like an access point between – it kind of keeps an eye on the sky like the Marshall Islands do between us and Japan. After you. Pearl Harbor, they were like, you know what? Why don't we just stay here and yeah. keep an eye up top? Yeah. So anything flying overhead. Mm-hmm. So so uh, we were going there to do a show. It was me, April Macy, who I just I just talked to her about this the other day. So that's what made me remember it. Like Shaman Tosh, Melinda Hill. Like there's uh, all these girls. And so we get up to like 30,000 feet and they go, oh, you can take out your laptops now or whatever. So we take out, we're starting to take out our stuff and our iPods and my ears start popping really bad and I can't like clear my ear, you know, like where you're just like, I can't. And then uh, I start seeing spots and I'm just like starting to get dizzy and I can tell I'm starting to pass out and I'm like, have you ever passed out prior to this? No. Okay. Not that I... But you can tell you're going. I'm like, yeah, you're just confused as to why you're feeling all of this, you know? And then I just start hearing, all these alarms start going off. And the air masks pop out of the seat in front of us. So they, Because, again, the ceilings are so high, they can't come from the ceiling. So they come out of the seat in front of you, basically like the headrest. Okay. And you're just – you're in a daze because, again, you're passing out. And this guy comes running from behind – from the back of the plane. And he's like, take it down, take it down, take it down. And all of a sudden you feel the plane just start going like nosediving. And you're – like you're trying – so then the airman next to me puts my <laughs> face mask on, my my oxygen mask because I'm a child and you have to put yours on Last, first and then you yeah. can help the child next to you. <laughs> Are you then, just like jelly over there? Just like what the I, fuck? Yeah, as soon as you get a little oxygen, then all of a sudden you're kind of coming to and so you're a little bit more – So is really pumping some oxygen? Yes. It is, okay. Yes, and like you you pull it, but it doesn't – like you go to put it on and it doesn't – you have to snap it. And you're afraid – I'm like, don't snap it. It's going to snap the oxygen cord, but that's what – it's just attached to something and you have to pull it really hard and you get it on. 
And then you can feel the plane diving. They open up the, the captain's doors, the pilot's doors. All the, the two pilots and whoever else is in the pilot's cabin are standing up. They're wearing these huge gas masks. What the fuck? Who's and flying this motherfucker? They're flipping through a book. No! <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Y'all ordering lunch, man. I'm fucking a little hungry back here, man. You're like, what? Is happen, you know. You're like, am I through a book? My uncle. I told this story to my uncle, who's a two star general who flew in Vietnam. He's like, you know, a, 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 he hates pilots now because it's so easy. Back then, they had to do like long division. Yeah. He's like, my day, you know, to do, you know. Now the plane just flies yes, itself. Exactly. Yeah. So he's like, oh, they're going through a checklist, and I'm like, no bullshit. They were looking stuff up, you know, and they were. They were flipping pages, and then they, you know, like, because- how do you spell emergency? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so all of a sudden we basically <laughs> research why right. is the door open and why are they facing right. you guys the them? airman next to me who had put my mask on grabs my hands and i notice that he's crying and i'm like it's like you know if you're on a plane and you see the flight attendants if they're calm i'm calm i know what they're the fact that he was not calm i was like that's it and people always ask me like what were you thinking about when because you're like okay i'm gonna die uh all i could think about was no one knows where i am except for the government the only people who know because when you go on a military tour everything that you dictate to your families in past tense no one can know where you're going or when you're going to be there for security reasons so when you get to singapore you're like oh we had a great we were having such a great time in the marshall islands this is what it looked like you know but they don't know where you are now and so I'm like, uh, Pat Tillman had recently happened. I was really on edge about that. And, you know, I'm a, a hundred miles above the Indian Ocean and no one knows where I am. And so I'm like, they and can tell my arm is blaring in your ears. Yeah, and All and... I can think about is they can tell my family anything they want. Is my family going to know what really happened? Is anybody going to understand, you know, like. Because obviously when there are celebrities on board or quote unquote, you know, comedians, like that's a really bad look <laughs> for the military and the project. And so, yeah. And then all of a sudden, like the plane flattened out because basically what happened was we lost cabin pressure. We lost oxygen. So when you're on a plane, you know, they seal the plane with cabin pressure. You breathe the oxygen from the plane, not the outside air, because there's not a lot of oxygen up that high. It's like when you climb Everest, you usually need oxygen. So they were diving to 10,000 feet so that we could breathe outside air. Which and, and I remember because that Greek plane had crashed like a little while. I don't remember when that Greek plane crashed. But basically, everybody on the plane, they lost cabin pressure. Everybody on the plane passed out. And the plane just flew until it crashed into a mountain. And so I was just like, and all of this stuff is stuff I realized once we got on the ground. But in the moment, you're just like, what is going on? Like, I'm so confused. And so we got to 10,000 feet. They turned back around. We went back to Singapore. We get on the ground. We can barely walk because our equilibrium is so thrown off because of our ears. And they go, just sit here. We'll get you guys another plane in like an hour. And I go, you can keep that to your fucking self. I'm going home. And all the other girls were like, Okay, yeah, we're doing that too. Cause I think they were, you know, and I was just like, mm-mm. I, that was like my 12th rodeo. And I was like, no thanks. I'm going back to the, you guys, we'll do, we'll do this another day. And so <laughs> everything was fine after that. We stayed so, in Singapore for a couple of days and then went home. Did anyone scream? Did you hear anybody? Oh, screaming? yeah. People were screaming, crying. Like a lot of people had a tough time breathing even when we got on the ground. I think some people had a tough time getting their masks on, you know. It's so crazy. Like you hear those descriptions over and over again on an airplane and then it actually happens and you're like, what do I do? You know, it's no matter how many times you hear about how to put on an oxygen mask, it's like still difficult <laughs> to remember how to do it when you're passing Guy's out. crying next to you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what really hit me, you know. And then – um yeah, so, April actually sent me a picture from the plane, so I'll, really? say, I'll share it with you if you want to yeah. show people. Yeah. So, you did they listen? Did they make you? They let you stay that night? Yeah, like, yeah. We didn't breather? go. We did not go back to Diego Garcia. We stayed in Singapore. Did you end up it was our last to go, though, or no. they just canceled that. It was our last show anyway. So it was the end of the tour, 
I think we might have done another show in Singapore for the uh, contractors there just because we were already there. And then we just spent the rest of the time in the country. When that That's one of my favorite countries in the world. It's like one of the coolest countries I've ever been to. So it was fine to just hang out there. And Did you ever ask them what they were looking at in the book or what they were really doing? It is a checklist. So that is what they're going through. They have to go through a checklist. Like in, in any emergency, even on the airplane, like I don't know if you watched the Sully movie, but they open up a book for a checklist whenever something happens. And so there is a, a list of things that you have to do. And, and he didn't go by that list. That was the whole point of Sully had to just nice. react because there wasn't enough time. Um, to make a turn or go to this airport or do whatever, you know. So, uh, so yeah, so they have to go through a checklist, which is, you know, whatever the checklist is, but ultimately dive to 10,000 feet and get everybody outside air. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> and then from there, when everyone gets outside air, then take it down and land it. Yeah, so there, you know. So there's nothing wrong with the plane. They just fucked up with the cabin pressure. Yeah, it was just the cabin pressure. Yeah, there's nothing with the engines. There was nothing. Monster. It's a building you're trying to fly out yes. of the sky. Yes. Like, that's not an easy thing to do. No, 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 no. Like, a C-17 is actually a little bit bigger, but, like, a C-130 is still, like, a ginormous plane. It's, like, bigger than any regular commercial flight yeah. you would be on. and carrying who knows what you know the back of it can open and close you know so like you feel like all right we're at ten thousand feet just open up the back and let us yeah can you just crack, just crack the back a little bit just crack, just crack window. a window in here or something god yeah damn. operation the whole back drop. opens up <laughs> yes. operation don't let me pass out <laughs> yeah so Let's take a quick break and tell you about my favorite headphones, Raycons. Whether it's for work or play, a lot of us are going to be on the move again this summer. So my advice to you, take your Raycons with you. Whether you're listening to Spotify or the Honeydew Podcast, a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ears can make all the difference. You get crisp, powerful beats at half the price of other premium audio brands. Raycons look great and feel even better. They come in a range of cool colors and with customizable gel tips included, for a comfortable in-ear fit. Look, I don't know. I got a weird inner ear. I can never find the gel tips that fit. Raycons are money. I take them everywhere. I take them when I travel, when I fly, when I exercise. I've been telling all the comics, they're all talking about their, their other earbuds falling out or whatever it is. I told them, don't spend all that money. Buy some Raycons. Their money. All right? Raycons are built to go wherever you go. And with quick and seamless Bluetooth pairing, and a compact charging case. And I'm telling you, they stay charged in that case forever. I've had mine in the car when I drive around for days. I grab them. They're still charged up to go. So listen up. Raycon's offering 15% off all their products from my listeners. And here's what you got to do to get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash honeydew. There, you'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order. And it's such a good deal, you'll want to grab a pair and a spare. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash honeydew. Buyraycon.com slash honeydew. Our next sponsor is Mint Mobile. Now, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch, all right? So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after speaking with them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. So by cutting out retail stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on sweet savings direct to you. All right. So for people looking for extra savings like myself, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their 7-day money-back guarantee. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, Go to mintmobile.com slash honeydew. That's mintmobile.com slash honeydew. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash honeydew. 
I, I've been there before. Yeah, so tell me, you you said you. Had. I told this story on the Crab Feast a long time ago, and I've probably mentioned it, but it's it's. I'll share it with you because uh, it was a, a very similar experience in that it was a military tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, it was a gig. It was a military show. It was not a tour. <laughs> I'll take that back. Okay. You were on a tour. Military um, gig. I believe it's called. I, I, I don't know. I'm wrong a lot, but I think it's the San Marcos Islands. You go up here to Ventura Harbor. There's a little base right there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you just take like a 20-minute flight out to it's this. like towards the Channel Islands. Exactly. Uh-huh. That's exactly right. Yeah. And they were telling us it's weird out there where it's it's got its own like environment almost. It's overcast. It's just out in the ocean. Oh, it's funky and nasty mm-hmm. and uh, very, um, you know. Temperamental. A, yes. Mm-hmm. Well said. So we're on this show. Uh, Daryl Wright, Vodka Time. <laughs> Uh, three-tier comedian. NASCAR fan. NASCAR fan. The right turn. He used to have a podcast. Um, that He was on it. I was on it. A few other comedians are on it. And um, we're, you know, they weigh you first and they weigh your <sighs> shit to make sure, you know, everybody's yeah. got to get on the scale. There's no lying about it. Like, I'm 200 pounds. Like, 227, <laughs> no. motherfucker. Like, so okay, they you weigh You have every- to push. Yeah, they're like, get you your shit get on the plane. and weigh on there. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta get hold on the wing, bro. It's only twenty minutes. <laughs> so, um, we're getting on, and for this flight, it's unexpectedly packed. Um, they don't usually fly this many people over, but they're just putting everybody on to get over. And um, what's the size of what kind of plane is it? It's a small thing, man. It's just. Is it got r- uh, propellers? Yeah. Okay. And it's a rickety old ass military plane. It's, mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's the Larry King of planes. It's the Larry King. It's the Barry <laughs> King of planes. You don't even know who that is. Mm-mm, you know what I mean? Mm-mm. It's a knockoff Larry King. <laughs> it's a knockoff Larry King. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <clears throat> so. We're getting on, and there's one guy from the military who's with us. He's sort of our guide to take us over and stuff, and uh, his wife's coming with us, and we're small talking as we're getting on the plane. And I see a tire, and it looks fucking flat. I'm like, God, that tire looks flat. Like, is that? And she's like, you're right, it does. That really does look flat. And he's like, oh, we're fine. We get all get on the plane. And um, it's just like two two by two. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a huge one, but there's maybe – couple dozen people on this thing right Mm -hmm. and um it's got some cooks and stuff who work on the island and they park there and they fly and every day Mm -hmm. this is their commute they fly over fly back they cook Mm -mm. for the right Mm -hmm. every day Mm -hmm. okay Mm -mm. so it's this old ass rickety plane and we're and daryl is scared to death of flying as it is and i'm not at the time and um i'm even like this motherfucker looks like a junkyard plane. Like, it's rolled out of Sanford and Son, you know? Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, and it's got, like, brown marks and stain. Like, is this dirt? And they're like, nah, it had an electrical fire. That's just the house. <laughs> like, oh, my God. But now they know that Daryl's scared. Though. We so wiped it off. everyone is piling on mm-hmm. scare the fucking guy that's scared to fly, right? And they're like, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, we had to belly land this. And Daryl's like, what? He's like, the gear wouldn't come down. We had to slide this on the grass. And I'm like, Daryl, that would tear the plate. Like, don't stop. Mm-hmm. stop. We, we wouldn't be on this. But it starts going. And you like, and at, you can hear every squeak. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm looking out the window like, oh, God. Oh, God. And I'm not scared to fly. Right. Now we're up. 20 minutes. We're good. But like you said, the flight attendant, because there was one. She's on this little jumper seat in the back, and all of a sudden, she stands up, and she hustles to the front like she's been called. Okay. And she opens that little door, and she shuts it, and she comes out. Oh, God. And this chick should never play poker, okay? okay. <laughs> it was all over her death. It looked like – I mean, she walked in. A, a, a flight attendant walked out like the Grim Reaper with the sickle. She mm-hmm. might as well walk back. And everyone took notice. Now – there's only a handful of us for the show. Everyone else on there is a seasoned veteran on these planes. Right. They're doing this all the time. So they don't give a fuck. Well, when they saw her, you could feel and see everyone change. And we're like, what the fuck's going on? And then it's like, we're like, what is going on? And I guess it's crazy windy out. Mm-hmm. And we're getting caught up in this wind, okay? And it's it's a rough thing. And Daryl's like, oh, my God. And, you know, people are still joking a little bit. And then the fucking jokes stop when she sits back down. And I see the guy next to me. He goes, hey, is everything all right? And she goes, 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that is, uh-uh. I've seen, I've heard that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been in relationships. I've say, been in bad relationships. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I've heard we that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I did something wrong. Yeah. I'll find out later. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And um, the fucking door from the cockpit flies open and you can see, you know, they're on a smaller pilot plane. You can see the pilot and the co-pilot. You can see the front of the plane. But you don't see the ocean that we're flying over. You see, like, land. And we're like, what the fuck is going on? And the plane is now sideways like this. They're, they're trying to bring us in for a landing, and it gets caught sideways. So as we're sitting back here, we're now looking out the front. We're facing this way. The plane's over here. And they're trying to bring it around to bring us down on this landing pad. <laughs> Everyone starts. People are screaming. Right, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I knew it was real when I saw the people that do it all the time. When they gripped their seat mm-hmm. and I saw the white in their knuckles, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, it's real. Yeah. And everyone's looking at each other and people are screaming and <sighs> the guy spins this fucking thing around. And I've been on planes before where they were on a descent and then I guess the gate wasn't available and then they – Yes. And, you, oh, and you're mm-hmm. like, fuck. Yes. It's going to be another, another hour. plane in the runway. Yep. Another hour. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering why we're not doing that. Why are we not? But we're too low to do it, okay? And we fucking he he pulls us back and we hit the runway and that fucking bu- bullshit tire. You hear this pop and we hit hard as shit and it just bouncing. And the guy next to me is just going one. He just can't help himself. He's uh-huh. counting the bounces and I was like, shut the fuck up. And we hit and it skids. And it skids to the edge of this fucking runway. I mean the edge. It's the cliff over here. I was going to say, what's at the end of the cliff runway? Cliff more ocean, Get but down. down. Oh, God. And everyone gets off. It is silent. Mm-hmm. And they get out. And we can't talk about anything but what just happened. Yeah, of course. And then we all get to the show. And every comedian doesn't want to be a hack, but we can't not talk <laughs> right. about what just fucking happened. Of so we all do a show and we're talking about like how horrific it was oh. and I'm just like I'm scared to death to fly back. Like I'll yeah, roll I was back. Say, how you know you what I mean? Get like, back? So after the show, the guys come over to us and they're like, Listen, man, today was no joke. We're like, Yeah, we fucking know. He's like, No, you don't know, man. Like that was we're like, No, we got it. We got it. When we heard the screams, we realized <laughs> that shit was real. I was like, Holy fuck. We gotta fly back. Like, we gotta fly back. And I just I, that was the most terrifying flight I've ever been on. Because you spend the night over there, and then you fly the next day, the next morning back on a, that rickety fucking plane. Back. Why do the, you have to fly back? Why can't you take a boat back? Uh, I mean, the flight was twenty minutes. I don't know how long it would take on a boat. Probably an hour or so. Well, but that's I was worth. The, I, they just didn't have it. That seems to be and worth I'm not the joking. time. I'm not joking when I tell you there was a wrecked plane on the <laughs> – I swear to God, like a little, uh, little little Cessna on the fucking rocks that we flew over. I'm not kidding you. Um, they say that they do testing, military testing on this island and shit. Like it was a really weird fucking thing altogether. Ooh, they be testing my patience. And that was the, <laughs> that was the last – that was the last military gig I got on a flight for. I'll drive to San Diego anytime. Yeah. Man, no more for so me. So what was the actual issue? Was it just the wind? and The, the- wind caught us out in that like little vortex, and, and it, we were coming down, and it fucked the whole plane up. But it also seems like if the plane is full, like normally it wouldn't be full, so I would understand why the plane could get caught in the wind. But if it's heavier, I'm surprised that it did. I'm guessing the pilots weren't the best up there either. You know I mean, if they landed that thing they with one wheel— it. They landed. So then we went up in the control tower when we were leaving. We go up in the control tower. I'm like, no, no, we got to talk to this Uh guy up here. uh I'm like, tell us what happened. He's like, all right, here's what happened. He's like, when you normally come in, it's it's like a a, a ruler in front of you. He's showing us the landing strip. And he's like, you normally hit at D and then you stop at B. He's like, you guys hit at C and you stopped after A. Mm -hmm. Like. And I was mm-hmm. like, we really were. He's like, you guys were really that. It was that bad. Yeah. We're like, holy that close. fuck. Oh, yeah. my God. So no, I know no, you no. said you had another one. I've got another near death, too, but it's not a plane. No, I mean, I, brutal I, one. I definitely like I remember I told you about my first trip to Iraq 
in 2005. That was my first military tour. Saddam was still alive at the time. I remember you told me That's about the fish early. and all that oh, stuff. Oh, yes, the fish and his lake. Well, that was the lake in Baghdad that surrounded the compound at Biop. It was like there were all these like giant carp there. And they would just like eat anything. Like you could feed them eggs and they're like, you know, and, you know, Saddam's people are starving, but he told them that they were magic fish. And if they caught the fish and ate it, the fish would tell him. So like no one would eat the fish. Anyway, it was like it was quite it was quite the process. And at the time, it was a very I didn't, until I've been on like so many tours now, I realize how dangerous that tour was. It was like because we were still doing um convoys and i don't know if you've ever been on a military convoy but basically it's like just a ton of humvees like whenever they have to take supplies from one base to another they would drive in a convoy and that's just one big line of military vehicles and then there would be two humvees that circle the convoy to, to protect it so they're just like these two little buzzing bees that go up and down and around the convoy and the convoy would take up so if there's two lanes on the freeway in you know in Iraq, they would take it, they would just drive down the middle lane and then the, the other hummers would go up and around it. So it would back up traffic, like the locals would be so upset and they would drive to the other side of the freeway to go around it. Like full on head on. Head like, on? <laughs> yes. Like but anyway, that's their own issue. But like I can understand how that would be yeah. very frustrating to be stuck behind. Sure. And we would be in like these like like you'd open up the door for the Escalade and the windows would be like two inches thick, you know. I mean, this is what the presidents would ride in. And um, when you're when you go overseas as a comedian, you're given you have to be given a, a rank and a clearance. So we're given what's called I believe it's a GS-14, which is basically a full bird colonel, which is right before a general. So. And my uncle at the time was a full bird colonel. He hadn't become a general yet. And so he was the one telling me all this stuff because you have to get a rank so that you can get on the planes. You're so a that, colonel officially when you're. Well, that's your rank. Right. Technically, mm-hmm. you're still a civilian. You know, you're not I'm not allowed to have a weapon or whatever, but I'm allowed into certain. You're not out there like, area. take cover. Yeah. You're allowed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would. <laughs> I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty. I was the first woman that had been over there that would like carry her own bag. You For know? real? Yes. Of it was you just are, like yeah. I was like I would wear like boots and like all this tactical gear, and then when we get to the show, I'd change into heels and put on perfume, and I brought a portable curling iron so that. I could like look present because I'm like I know what I'm here for. You know what I mean? I know, I know <laughs> yeah, they're God not here you, because they just love my jokes about lieutenants. You know, so uh, I would let them. I would like rub my perfume on their clothes, like whatever. Just win in hearts and minds, like anything I could do. And I, the whole reason I even wanted to go win over in there. Hearts and minds. You know, they're all they're all back at the bunk sniffing <laughs> yeah, your fucking like, perfume. <laughs> <laughs> this is also, you know, let's see. This the bump's um, quiet tonight. Everybody's in there. It's quiet tonight. Yes. Yeah. Also, I mean, I'm 43 now, but in my 20s, I was a little bit more of a looker. You, you know? still are. So <laughs> Thank you. So I knew what I was doing over there, and we had a great time, you know. And I, and a big part of the reason I wanted to go was um, because when I was growing up in high school, we had recruiters in my high school every day at lunch. I knew a lot of, like, the brigade from my hometown was in Iraq. I was trying to get to see them the whole time. They were in the green zone. It was a really tough zone to be in. We had a show there uh, one of the days that I was over there, and we were going to go, but then there... That road got blown up that day, and we couldn't go. It was just, like, too dangerous. And I was really bummed because I found out, like, six months later that they had ordered, like, all this, like, barbecue to to give and, like, to oh, have, you know. Man. I was like, oh, my God. It was just, like, so depressing. But so I was like, oh, they probably don't even know that I'm from Calhoun, you know. And um, they did. <laughs> they were, like, sitting there waiting and then, like— Five minutes after the show was supposed to start, somebody just put a Chris Rock DVD in, and I was like, I mean, you'd probably, they should probably, they would have wanted to watch Chris Rock more than me. So, like, I'm sure it was fine, but it was kind of a bummer. But anyway, by the time we got to Biop, we were, um, we had just done a show for Special Forces, which is like, the arm, like, the Special Forces are like, you, you can't take any video. You can't take pictures of them. Like you can't. It was the only show that we did. They were they lived in Saddam's girlfriend's mansion, 
and it had this cool pool it had like, like all this stuff like they were it was the only show we did where no one had a weapon because they don't need weapons to kill you <laughs> like yeah they can kill you with their finger and i'm like what else can you do with that but uh, <laughs> i didn't say that. i said that at the show and then um i remember like one of the captains like taking me into this room and he's like do you want to hear something cool and i'm like okay and it's like this like room where they're like lit they're commanding another group that's like out and they were like raiding a house and so he's like isn't that and i'm like i, I, I don't want to hear people screaming you know anyway so we're in the green zone <laughs> Saddam that's is like they're in our streets yeah. here they're just right. coming into somebody's house yeah <laughs> listen to this lady getting all mad at us <laughs> yeah. it's like a 911 operator <laughs> yeah. being like listen to this listen to this chick freak yeah out. yeah there's a fire and they're right trapped now. inside <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? You're like, not really. No, Actually, that's, that's not that's, that's not, not exactly funny. entertaining. But I guess you've been here a while, so it might be to you. Uh, so anyway, we were uh, we were staying in, in one of uh, Saddam's hunting lodges where we were staying. How they hunt over there? Exactly. What's it was just on the lake. People. It was called his hunting lodge, but it was like this. Everything lake. is gold, and there's it's like a castle or a man. I don't even know. And um, I'm like, where is he even being held? And they're like, we can't tell you that. And then they would just like, like point, like when we were flying overhead. So at the time we were flying in Blackhawk helicopters because that's the easiest and fastest way to get from base to base. And we were going to, uh, I was over there with a, a group called Comics on Duty and they specialized in going to small bases, FOBs, which are called forward operating bases, which means there's all these giant bases like BIOP, which is uh, Baghdad International Airport, which was the hub, right? That's probably where Saddam was being held. And the 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 main base um, supplies the FOBs. The FOBs supply the patrol bases. The patrol bases are like 14 guys. So a FOB is like where the patrol base guys will come and kind of like relax for a day, get new supplies, and head back out into the field. So we would be performing at FOBs because a patrol base is never in a set location. So there would be like 100, 200 guys at some of these bases. Sometimes there would be 800, you know. So we would be flying to all these little bases that never got entertainment. That was our whole goal. And so to get there, we would have to fly on Blackhawks, and Blackhawks always fly in twos so that they can protect each other. And we had this guy that that picked us up in Baghdad. His name was Major Hater, and everybody <laughs> called him <laughs> Major Hated because he was kind of a dork. And like one of those guys who is like a high ranking officer because he was good in school, you mm -hmm. know, not because he was good with a web, but very important in the military. You know what I mean? Those guys are very essential. They get made fun of, but they're incredibly important. Very excited to tell you about this next sponsor. Babbel is with us, guys. This summer, get the most out of your travels abroad by learning the language of your destination with Babbel. Babbel is the number one selling language learning app. From ordering in restaurants or asking for directions to gaining a deeper understanding of the culture, Babbel makes the whole process of learning a new language addictively fun and easy. And with bite-sized lessons, you can actually use in real-world Babbel is a can't-miss travel essential. All right, so here's the deal. I went to Mexico a few months ago. I didn't know what the hell they were saying. I took Spanish in whatever, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th grade, but it was proper Spanish. I wasn't doing good in proper English, so I knew I wasn't doing good in proper Spanish. I wanted conversational Spanish. I went on Babbel before they were a sponsor, bought a year of Babbel, and I've been taking Spanish lessons, and I love it. You go through the lesson, then they do a review after it. You have it in male and female voices. It's fantastic. I love it. So... They're 15-minute lessons, all right, and they make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. So unlike the infamous language classes you took in high school like me, Babbel designs their courses with practical, real-world conversations in mind, things you'll get to use in everyday life. And that's what I picked. I picked conversational Spanish, all right? Other language learning apps, they use AI for their lessons plans, but Babbel's lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective, all right? So with Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. You can imagine what I sound like repeating the Spanish words to that app, and that app's like, I don't know 
what you're saying, bro. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. So here's what you got to do right now. All right. When you purchase a three month Babbel, you'll get an additional three months for free. So that's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use promo code Honeydew. That's B A B B E L dot com. Code Honeydew for an extra three months free. Our next sponsor is Freshly. Now, dinner time can be chaotic, but with Freshly, it's easy. Their chefs take care of your meals a few nights a week and take the pressure off you. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door. There is no cooking required, all right? Grocery shopping and cooking can be a pain, especially right now. And with Freshly, you don't have to. Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every week so you can keep your fridge stocked and skip the trip to the store. Ordering is easy, all right? You visit Freshly.com, and you can choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak peppercorn, sausage baked penne, or their chicken pesto bowl, which is one of my favorites. Freshly can fit your lifestyle with a variety of plans and meals to pick from that work for your dietary needs, preferences, tastes, and family size. And now my listeners can try Freshly for just $6.16 per meal. Come on. That's cheaper than fast food, all right? Stop searching the internet for healthy food near me every night and start living life freshly. Your meals are always delivered fresh. They're never frozen, and they are ready to heat and enjoy in just three minutes. With new meals added each week, Freshly brings the convenience of chef-made, nutritionist-designed classics right to your kitchen. Look, you know me. I'm a single parent. My daughter's a super picky eater. I just need to eat stuff. I'm over there making two meals a lot, all right? So this is perfect for me. I need to eat healthy. I want to eat quick. I'm out back doing shows now instead of running on the way home after a midnight spot or an 11 o'clock spot, hitting McDonald's or whatever. I've got Freshly in the freezer, all right? So right now, Freshly is offering my listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash Honeydew. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash Honeydew for $40 off your first two orders. That's Freshly.com slash Honeydew for $40 off your first two orders. Now, let's get back to the do. And we're like, so we're up flying above Baghdad. We're going to, um, I think we're going to a hospital to perform. And we're sitting there, you're like looking down because you have to fly low to the ground too because they have to watch the ground. They're basically, you're sitting in the, in a Blackhawk. Have you ever been in a Blackhawk? You're sitting in a Blackhawk. <laughs> no. The doors are both open. There's one guy, there's a guy hanging outside of each door with a weapon scanning the ground. And all they do is scan the whole time. Both, they're just watching out for each other. And you'll hear them if you're wearing a headset, you'll hear them say, you know, blue Nissan, three o'clock. And everybody looks, you know. And so all of a sudden, the flares go off on the on the. You can just smell so sulfur, and you just see two things flying out of the Blackhawk, and you're like, "What the fuck?" And the major goes, "What the hell was that?" Right? And we're like, "You're in charge, you know. Yeah, like, why do yeah. you not know? I'm not supposed to know. You're the one that's supposed to know." And it turns out that like there was like a missile lock on us from the ground, and so they shoot the flares off so that yeah. the missile goes to the flare and not to you. How and do then, they know that though? How do they know they're being targeted or locked? I like think that? just like our technology is a little bit better, you know, and so or or they saw it because they can see it coming in the air, and then then like we made just like a sharp right turn, and we landed pretty soon after that. Oh, yeah. Fuck, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, ignorance no. is bliss, right? I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'll just It'd put have been on over perfume. In a second. <laughs> yeah. You and that, that's the way to go, by the way. Yes, that is Not the way to go. Not a descent down where you <laughs> right. pass out. It's what? Boom. And yeah. it's, <laughs> you don't even. Huh? What? You want yes. my book? Bam. And it's Ooh, over. Especially yeah, over Baghdad. You know what I mean? Ooh. Legend. Instant oh, legend. Be instant legend. You know, I'd just You'd be, be memorialized like the rest of those houses. I'd be like, yeah. that, that, that flag's half mass today for Sarah Tiana right there, guys. <laughs> yeah, that was like, that was pretty insane. Fuck. And I remember like we, we ended up getting stuck at, because at that hospital because and we had just been stuck at another base for like three days because of a sandstorm. When a sandstorm hits, you can't fly anywhere. A, the, it's hard. It's mostly because they can't see the ground. So you can't watch out for 
things coming up towards you. And it's like the conditions are too tough to fly. So there was a sandstorm coming in and they were like, you're not going anywhere. You're sleeping in the hospital tonight. And we're like, okay. And it was like an abandoned hospital that was like mostly um, just like an ops, uh, a special ops center. So, and what are you in, like a cot or something like that? Yeah, or yeah, or you would find a bed, like wherever you could find. And then, like last second, they go, actually, we're going to take you back to Bayat because we have to give these guys a ride to Abu Ghraib. And we're like, what? <laughs> and we walk outside, and there are these four guys with hoods over their heads. Nuh-uh. It's black as night outside. They have hoods over their heads. And they have glow sticks around their necks in case they run. <laughs> in case they're raving. In case they run. They can find them. Mm-hmm. And I go, Abu Ghraib. This is right after Abu Ghraib happened. So I know that name. And I'm like, what? I'm like, are we getting on the same plane? As you, you all want us to get in the same cutlass with these guys? <laughs> Like, and I don't know if I'm sitting in the I'm back. I'm like, I don't okay. know if they're going to get my jokes. Do they speak uh, They speak English? <laughs> Can I do some time on Yeah, how much time? How you much time are they the time doing? In the world. I'm only doing 15. How much time do those guys get? So, yeah, it was like, it was like trippy. Did you just know? like you got on a flight with no, these guys? No, they were on the oh other one. Oh, my God. So we got on one. They got on the other one. Mm-hmm. But they, but, but they dropped us off first, so I didn't actually get to see Abu Ghraib, but that would have been cool. But you did see dudes with... Oh, yeah. Fucking hoods over their heads. Mm-hmm. Glow sticks around their necks. And I was Glow like, what sticks. is that? And they're like, that's in case they run. I don't know if anybody out there is in our U.S. military, but if you could please let us know, what is the U.S. military budget <laughs> for glow sticks? <laughs> Just curious what, what we're spending on glow sticks. <laughs> And smoke machines. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know. Somebody out there has got to itemize that. Like, who the fuck's getting all these glow sticks, man? You know, you go to the Middle East, yeah. man, at night. Oh, well, crazy. Kevin's having a birthday party. <laughs> just take the ones off the prisoners. We got them already. <laughs> yeah, Freeze that, them and crack them. God was, damn it, man. We got to reuse. That was so trippy. Like That is crazy. It was like a really trippy experience yeah. yeah but i was like loved shit. it yeah you know i mean i said off mic but i'll say it on mic you were the reason i won't go do any military tour <laughs> because of that <laughs> i don't want to be shot at oh. nothing no yeah, i'll I do just... military shows <laughs> here in the states and support yeah. the troops because i support our troops but mm-hmm. i don't ever want to be on a black hawk mm-hmm. unless i'm being rescued from somewhere for some some good reason too yeah you know i don't want to be i don't I don't want to be the missing hiker. You know what I mean? <laughs> they got to come airlift me in that metal fucking cage that uh-huh. spins and shit. I don't mm-hmm. want to ever be that guy. No, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, I would do I would do it every okay, day. Okay, so would you go back and do yeah. it? Now that you're a mom. Now, yeah. not going back now. I'm saying right now. They say, Sarah, a month. Would you go be away from your child for a, a month? month? Yeah. No, I couldn't go What's for that What's the longest long? you ever did before? Was it ever that long? I mean, I think the longest I've ever been gone is like maybe two weeks. Okay. Would you go for two weeks? That's t- I think mm-hmm. so. You would? Yeah. Maybe when he, after he's like two, you know, like mm-hmm. it'd be really hard. It would be really hard. Um, but I. It's, well, it's hard leaving your baby, but knowing what you know also about how easily you could get shot down or any mm-hmm. of that, you don't have any. Yeah, I mean, I think like if it if we were in another full fledged war like we were back then, I don't think that I would go. But like now, it, it's just like I just it, they don't even like comedy as much as they used to because now there's Netflix and they can just watch all this streaming stuff. So like the last tour I did was in Korea and um, Tokyo, and hardly anybody came out because it's like you know they work ten hours a day six days a week or 12 hours a day, six days a week. Like going out at night is just exhaust. They'd rather just drink in their room and watch Netflix. They can watch a stand-up special there, True. you know? So like uh, I've been trying to get uh, a special off the ground that is just comedians doing their jokes about the military that I can give to them to watch on a streaming service because I know that's what they, how they watch it now. You know, they listen to podcasts like this and, and they watch comedy specials and like that's how they get their entertainment now. They don't necessarily need to see it live. And so I don't know. 
I, I think that would be the only reason that I would be held back from doing it was because I'd be like, I don't know how much they're into it anymore. That's an interesting point you know? about Netflix and everything. Yeah, because yeah. now you have so much entertainment right there on your phone. You don't want – yeah. Yeah, I mean I even – I did that – I wrote on the show Rock the Troops that The Rock did at Pearl Harbor and like – that was like so great for the people at Pearl Harbor and we they put it on TV and I don't think it did that well because it's kind of hard to watch a concert on TV, you know what I mean? Like it, being there would be cool, like seeing those people live. But with comedy, it's like it's much easier to watch that on TV. That's something that you can – that you don't always right. need to see live. And so I, I think that would be the only reason that would hold me back from doing it. It's not like – like I went to Afghanistan in 2011, and it was right after we killed Osama bin Laden. I say we because I pay taxes. <laughs> Goddamn right. <laughs> and so I thought we did a great job. How, how quickly after did you go? So he was – I believe he was killed in May, and then I was there in August or June. Damn. So it was only that, like a month or two. And what was that like? It was amazing. But you would ask the guys, you'd be like, has your life changed? And they're like, am I still here? Yeah, good point. Like, yeah. They're like, no big deal to us, you know. And, you know, I, I really loved going as a performer because I had access, access to so many generals and to so much brass. And I could ask them a lot of questions because I am a taxpaying civilian. I do pay their salary. And I have a lot of questions. I'd be like, how much is that? How much gas is going in there? Where are we getting that gas from? And do they answer? Uh-huh. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, anything that wasn't like... What's something uh, you asked them that... and What's an answer you got that really blew you away? Uh, about the aircraft carriers because I would... I asked about... I think we were in Oman and I was asking about the port in Oman and the aircraft carriers and... Um, they they told me like how much money we actually make on the aircraft carriers because the air we have eleven which is more than any other country in the world an aircraft carrier like um, produces uh, clean water so they can take they can desalinate water and make fresh water for local people that's why like whenever a tsunami happens or something a lot of times our medical ships or aircraft carriers will go to that island because it has a giant hospital it can make clean water and it can you know help but also whenever say we're bringing we have to bring three airplanes over to Oman. So we have to ship them on an aircraft carrier. Well, we lease out spots on that aircraft carrier to other countries so that they can bring cars over or uh, it's almost like a FedEx truck. So we actually make money on shipping because we bring stuff to other countries that they need. And it's like all part of, you know, the mail almost. So I thought that was really cool to learn that, like, we're yeah. not just wasting money by having these, like, floating ships do nothing. They're actually doing a service. They're not just out there keeping mm-hmm. security guards. Yeah, we're, they're not just fishing. Yeah, fishing. <laughs> they deep sea <laughs> they're fishing. They're out there with whistles and yeah. shit, like, what are y'all doing over there? Don't make me fire yeah. one of these up. Yeah, but Afghanistan, we went to some really incredible fobs, you know, where, like, like but that's also another near-death experience that I what had, which was— we um, were at a base um, outside of, uh, let's see, where would we have been? We were in the Helmand province, which was like southern Afghanistan. Manase province? Uh-huh, Helmand. Um, and <laughs> you called me out on a mayonnaise joke one time on the crab feast. Your mom, we we'll have to go to your mom, go to the table. Oh, yeah? Because I said something like, do you like mayonnaise or something? You and said you- that when we were at the Ducks game. And you you clown me for it, and now look, here's fucking mayonnaise again. I can't stop with you. Because we were both stoned at the Ducks game. What did I ask you? And we were sitting in one of those lounges because I think you took me to the nicest (laughs) shit. Yeah, I had a friend that worked for the Ducks, and he hooked us up with all kinds of cool stuff. And we were sitting in one of those lounges eating free sandwiches, and then uh, I was like, "You said something about not liking mayonnaise," and then you just looked at me and you're like. Do you like mayonnaise? <laughs> and I just started laughing so hard. And I'm like, what? The way you asked it was like accusatory, but also, accusatory. But also like ge- generous. Like, if you do, I'll give you all of the mayonnaise that I have. I'm accusing you. Yeah, like, 
First of all, it's gross that you like it, but if you do like it, I'll give you all of mine because I don't. It's just like, yes, I do. You know, I just, I think it was also like a little bit of uh, the edible or whatever we had before going in to really enjoy that game. But like, yeah, that, yes. So we're in the Hellman province. We're at a base that doesn't have, um, bathrooms normally like you'll have porta potties or whatever that you will go in on a lot of these fobs because you know they're just they're basically said it's a camp you know and so they'll set that up in the middle of nowhere but this base was so remote uh they didn't have air conditioning and they didn't have bathrooms um because there's no way of emptying them Right. So they had a burn pit, which I'm sure you've heard about. Like John Stewart has been really a big proponent of like. Isn't that unhealthy? Very unhealthy. It's given a lot of guys um, very difficult medical and lung issues over the years. Yeah, because. Just pooping and burnt and just throwing fuel on it. It's not just poop. It's like they throw anything in there that they're not using. It's just a trash pit. pit. So whether it's like weapons that don't work anymore or. Oil, <laughs> like, I mean, anything that's in there. They're just like, uh, they burn stuff. And so there's pee tubes all over the base. Um, but you know, as a woman, you can't pee in a tube, like a pee tube. And so you'd have to go into a stall and the stall are just like these like wooden stalls that have a, a toilet seat and you're given a wag bag. And so wag stands for waste alleviation something. And you take the bag and you put it over the toilet seat and you go in the bag and then you put this gel in there and then you seal it up and then you walk it down to the pit and you throw it in the fire. Well, <laughs> when it's full of pee, it, you can't throw it that easily. <laughs> like I would throw it and the wind would catch it and then I'd just be chasing it down the base. And I did that three times and I kept having to get close. <laughs> Closer and closer and closer, you know, to where you're just like, you know, like you have to, you know, get really close to the pit. And so when I get back to the U.S., I I start, I get a headache. I get a really bad headache. And I'm like, whatever, I get headaches all the time. And it's getting worse and worse and it won't go away. After about a week, I've started to lose motor function. I've started to lose like... I'm stuttering a lot, and uh, my hands, I can't really, like, when I tell my hands to do something, they don't always do it. I'm having trouble walking. Um, so I go and see my friend work is, I don't have, I didn't think I had health insurance at the time, and my friend's wife worked at this neurologist. So I go to see him, and he goes, you need to go to the hospital right now. So I go to the emergency room. He's like, I think you have men. I looked it up, and I was like, I think I have meningitis. Was it, which is an infection in your brain fluid and your spinal fluid. And so I get to Cedars, and they go, what are your symptoms? And I go, and all I can get out is I think I have meningitis. And she's just like, you do not have meningitis. You know, like rolls her eyes. So I wait in the waiting Roll room. Roll her eyes. Yeah, so I wait in the waiting room for like three hours because I'm being a woman, right? I'm just pushing through the pain, you know. And... um I'm still making jokes. I'm like, if I have AIDS, just tell me. You know what I mean? And uh, so I'm like laying. (laughs) I'm laying. I finally get back. And the doctor says, why do you think you have meningitis? And I said, well, I was just in Afghanistan. And I was around a lot of like pits that burned feces, which and I know that's how you can catch it is from any kind of bodily fluid, like being around those. And I'm not, I'm like, I'm single. I ain't been kissing nobody. And, uh, and she goes, what were you doing in, in Afghanistan? And I was like, buying a house, you know, like that was like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's Look what I always said. I was like, business. I just need three more goats and then I can get a down payment, <laughs> you know? So they're like laughing, but they're like, no, really. And I go, oh, I was doing stand up comedy. And the nurse was like, oh, my son's out there. He saw a comedian. I was like, well, if it was a woman, it was probably me. So anyway, they, they do the spinal tap. They admit me immediately because I have, um, I have viral meningitis. I don't have bacterial, which I would have been dead already if I had had bacterial, but I had viral. I was, you know, it had already gotten into all my fluid, my, so that's why I was not able to walk or talk. And, um, they admit me immediately. And as they're admitting me, the nurse comes over and shows me a picture of her and her, my, me no. and her son. Yeah. Oh, I just yeah. got chills. I know. Yeah. So. Oh, look, here's the last thing before yeah, you die. Yeah. In the case scene you of die. the crime. <laughs> 
This yeah. is why you died. Mm-hmm. This is this is where you almost died, and that's why you're here. My son said you were right, but April was funnier. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god so yeah so i ended up being in the Are hospital you, for was five it the days. same lady that rolled her eyes no no oh. no 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 that five was the admission you were in there yeah five days so what do they have to do they have to like drain the fluid like they, what do they do they just pump you full of uh antibiotics to fight it off so like i was just basically <laughs> like had ivs for like five days and like just um yeah i had to kind of pee it out i guess or something i don't, I don't remember how they were giving me all kinds of stuff it was 2011, so I don't, I don't really remember because I was also in such a daze, you know, and yeah. I was alone. Like my friend Lenny, like helped me, like check into the hospital, but I didn't have any family. I wasn't like dating anyone, so I just like I had a couple friends come in a couple days, but I was just kind of there, like hoping not to die. God, alone in the hoping hospital. not to and die. And my mom was like freaking out, you know. She's like at work, but she can't like get a flight like that. And I'm like, don't worry, I'm only going to be in here for a day or two, you know. And so, but it ended up being a couple more than that. But it, I was fine. Yeah, but it did. It was like very scary. Like looking back, it was like it could have been like it could have paralyzed me. It could yeah. have like done all kinds of things. Like as a comedian, you know, <laughs> like, and I had gone to a couple hospitals before that, being like, and they're like, it's just a cold. It's just a cold. And I'm like, it just doesn't why, feel like uh-huh. a cold. Don't just listen to your body. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Yeah. 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 So I finally looked it up and figured it out. But yeah, Afghanistan almost killed me in a different way. I didn't know that's how you get it. Yeah. In a yeah. different way. That, that makes the... you wonder how many people do die from that. Yeah. 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 That was, that was just like a really freak, <sighs> like, fl- you know, fluke axe. Yeah. But that, that was the one I was on with Pajitsky, though, with Christina okay. and Jody Miller. Yeah. <laughs> All moms now. All moms now. Oh, all mm-hmm. moms now. Um, something I, I mentioned to you before I always ask my first time guest, um, advice you would give to your 16 year old self. What would you tell 16 year old Sarah Tiana? What would I tell 16 year old Sarah Tiana? Um, probably just to have faith that it will all work out. You know, I think, you know, Jeff Garland always like he gave me the best advice when it came to this business, which is like, cause I would always complain about luck. Like people in this, this business is a lot about luck. I mean, I think Hollywood is like the royal family. Like it's very rare for a commoner to get in. Like it's very, um, incestual. <clears throat> a lot of people are born into it. And I was complaining once about, uh, luck. And I was like, I know that luck is just perseverance plus time. And he would be like, yeah, but perseverance is just keeping it together when nothing is going on. Like, if you can just keep your mind right, when you're not busy, you'll always be busy. And so I think about that all the time. And I, anytime I get anxious or worried, I think about that. And I think I could have saved myself a lot of heartache in my early, all through my 20s, if I had known that. That's great. Yeah. I love you, Sarah Tiana. <laughs> I love you more. I, um, I'm so glad you're okay. I'm so <laughs> glad you're here. I'm so glad you're a mom. I know you're going to be such a great fucking mom. Um, please. You would always tell me that way before I was way a mom. Way before. Mm-hmm. Way before. Yeah. Well, please plug everything again. Yeah, SarahTiana.com, at SarahTiana on Twitter and Instagram, CatBandana.com for all of your dog and cat bow tie needs and bandanas. And shout out to my mom, Sue Haynes, who loves this show. (laughs) I'm getting you a mug, Mama. That mug's coming home. Uh Um, Thank you so much, for real. And uh, thank you all as well. Uh, Please subscribe to the YouTube, RyanSickler.com, Ryan Sickler on all social media. We'll talk to you all next week.